And we are live, finally. Yes. <laughs> this is a Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post-game show. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that, that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call. 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Raptors fans, we're sorry, man. We're here we for are, you. We Ladies and gents, we apologize. 112-101. Horrible night all around. And it really was. Yeah, that final score is not indicative yeah, of what happened a, yeah, in this game. Yeah. This game was brutal. Raptors go down to the Sixers in game six. 112-101 to force a game seven which will be Sunday night back in Toronto. But I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Mike Bellamo. Bellamo, how you doing, man? Considering. Be, um, I know everyone watching this now and everyone that will be watching this on YouTube is seeing that damn Webby. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, do you know what you're doing Sunday? I mean, this is pretty crazy. I'm, yeah. Because... I feel like we got to start here, right? This is a missed opportunity, a massive missed opportunity for Toronto Raptors because you don't want to test the faith of a Game 7. You don't know what can happen in a Game 7. You have no idea what can go down in a Game 7. And I'll be honest, I'm disappointed in this team, in this performance, because I finally thought, you know, this was different. You know, we were talking about last game and I said I was nervous heading in because I couldn't really believe what I was watching until I seen it in terms of this is different. What's it like to cheer for a team that just goes out and takes care of business when they need to? And that's what they did in game five and game six. It's funny because I felt like it was kind of the same thing that happened after game one in which everyone was super excited after that game five win. Everyone was already talking about conference finals. Kevin Durant got hurt last night. People are talking about NBA finals. And today it was just kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's still a whole game to play. Let's chill out. I didn't feel like super confident heading in. It was just kind of like wait and see. But I was disappointed by the effort. The Raptors did not come out and start this game well at all, did they? word performance. Yeah. It's one thing if the Raptors lose a tough game, which, I mean, everybody knows – Heading back to Philly, it was going to be a hostile environment. They're going to give their all. Mm-hmm. But you you said the key word right there was the performance. Yeah. It just wasn't there from, I mean, Kawhi was always going to be Kawhi. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, if we really get into it, I guess, um, you got the bench again. Oh, man. Nine, nine points, and all of those came from Abaka. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about different stats and stuff that happened during the game. Yeah. And the thing to keep in, to keep in mind is – Obviously, there's a lot of garbage time. And there's a lot of meaningless minutes. Oh yeah. Those so when mentioned, you mention, yeah. yeah. So yeah, when you mention yeah. the nine points, you're talking about for the majority, the majority of the majority of the three three quarters in a yeah. Bit. yeah. The meaningful minutes. Yeah. Yep. And you're right. Serge Ibaka had nine points in this game. Fred Van Fleet gives you a one point performance. He's on the line. But yep. I wrote down and I tweeted it during the game. At this point, I really don't understand how Fred Van Fleet is playable. So Doris was. I was watching the ESPN feed. Mm-hmm. Doris Burke, who's great, by the way. Everybody everybody knows that. But So she said, uh, Nick Nurse said in Game 5, before Game 5, that Van Fleet was essentially done. Yeah. Out of the rotation. Yeah. He said he had a hunch. 
And he did, he just gave Van Fleet a chance, and Van Fleet proved them right. In game five. In game five. And he didn't even play great. He didn't play great, but he hit his first shot and blah, blah, blah. We talked about this. Um, so when you do something like that in the playoffs, I guess you go back to it. And, I mean, he did nothing for us tonight. Here, here's my issue, though, right? Like, it's been a full season of the Raptors bench struggling. You had yeah. individuals play well at certain points. But in terms of as a unit, the bench has not been consistent for the entire year. Fred Van Fleet has been injured and banged up for the entire year. He played well in stints. He'd have spurts of like a couple games here and there yeah. where he would play well. But overall, this is a down year from down Fred Van Fleet. Yeah. And he's given you nothing in these playoffs. And on top of that, I really think the biggest issue, if we really want to break things down and, and talk about what Fred Van Fleet has done in these playoffs, you're talking about the last game. Last game, he had five points. I know. Right, like it's not like that's, yeah. it's not like he had a massive and breakout that's performance. What we're talking about, I know he had five points. He was two for five, one of four from three. Like, who cares? He's essentially, realistically, a, to give a starter a breather is essentially. You're not coming in. But, you're not bringing him in to hope for any impact at all. Yeah, and but also too, it's just like in the one game that everybody shot well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's yes. not even like he had this breakout game. Like he had five points in 16 minutes, in a game that everything went down for the Toronto Raptors. And you might be thinking, guys, why are you starting off this game talking about Van Fleet in the bench? Well, because you know why also? Mike Scott was a plus 29 mm -hmm. with, I think, 11 or 13 points. And I mean, that doesn't teeter-totter what the game would have been, but you just see that Philly's bench, whether yeah. it be Ennis, whether it be Mike Scott, Monroe comes in, puts him, they've been valuable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when Kawhi is just doing Kawhi things, and then you get one game where Gasol and Danny shoot well, and the next game where Gasol and Danny don't. One game where Kyle comes out and shoots from behind the arc and mm -hmm. drives, and then one game where Kyle doesn't shoot behind the arc and drive. So those 10, 12, 14 minutes of the bench do make a factor. And here's the thing, right? Like, let's not lose focus from – I'm going to go through Fred Van Fleet for the entire – Year. Entire postseason, okay? Postseason, okay. Game one, he had It'll 14 points. Okay, game one against Orlando, he had 14 points. Okay. Cool. Game two against Orlando, two points on one of five shooting. Game three against Orlando, four points on two of seven shooting. Game this is your first man off the bench. Yeah. Game four, nine points on two of five shooting. Game five, seven points on three of eight shooting. Now to the Philly series. Three points on one of two <laughs> shooting. Zero points in game two, one point in game three, zero points in game four, five, five in game in five, and he had one point which came at the, the free throw line late in garbage time. So that's another zero and, that I'm giving him. And the one point that he had, I think it was game three or whatever, or whatever game he had one point again, yeah. that was from the free throw line with, the, yeah. with the, I think, with flagrant as well. Yeah. But it's just like, here's the thing, okay? And it's not Fred Van Fleet's fault yeah, that preach. the Raptors are losing yep. this game and it, it's no. going to game seven. My question is, it's just that I was really confused about what I was watching in this game because I thought that the Raptors had established their rotation and what didn't work, right? Yeah. Three games ago. Yep. I thought after game three, we realized you can't play Norm, Norm and Fred, Fred together. Yeah, which you did. can't play Kyle and Fred right. together because they're too small, yeah. especially when J.J. Redick isn't on the court. Yeah. And so to see lineups again where in this game, and it was a game of runs because... For the first half, yeah. 
first half it was straight runs like mm -hmm. you'd have a 10-0 run one way run. exactly yeah. and you're just trading blows going back and forth and then in a game with such uncertainty with the stakes what it is all of a sudden you come with norm and fred minutes and it just made no sense to me when i saw them both check into the game so at the same time a, okay what was was that the, the second quarter that they came in together? Yeah. And, that, and then Philly went out to about a 15-point lead while Kawhi was still on the bench, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, here, here's the thing I don't understand, okay? Because what I feel like the main issue is with these guys mm -hmm. is now when Fred and Norm are usually on, especially during the regular season, they're also on the court with, like, Jeremy Lin, maybe Jody Meeks, you know, Serge, but they're, like, the leaders. leaders. They can take whatever shot they want. Now that it's playoff time, they're only on the court with Kawhi and Siakam. Yeah. And they end up just standing in the corner and watching right. Kawhi. Yeah, because they're pressure-packed situations. They're scared to shoot. Yeah. And, and then uh, the, the, opposite, the opposite team sees that and notices that just as we do as fans. Yeah. And so they double Kawhi and Siakam. And here's right? the thing. If, you, if you're going to just stand in the corner, A, you have to knock down the open, open shot. shot. Or you have Set to bust your ass on defense. Yeah. Energy, yeah. Bring energy. Exactly what you Bring just energy. said. Energy. Which Philly what did brought today. Mike Scott, Ennis, those guys are getting on the boards. Yeah. Those guys are getting extra chance points. They're doing all the little things, and you're getting nothing from your bench. But let's be serious, okay? We can blame the bench. We'll talk yeah. about the bench. The bench what is really a big issue. But at the end of the day, if Mark Gasol, Kyle Lowry, and Danny Green all struggle for the Raptors that's an even bigger issue than the bench, right? Like, they deserve way more of the blame in this game. And you said, what was one of the first things you said when you came in, Mike, about Kyle Lowry? That he wasn't... I said, so you said last game that mm -hmm. you know when Kyle's on, when he's driving to the basket and just shooting that dagger yeah. from way beyond the arc. Yep. And there's a couple plays early on in the game where he had the chance to do that, but deferred or second thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. And right away I knew, and I thought about you, and I'm like, ooh, this isn't a good look for Kyle. We'll call it the wrap-it-up telltale signs of yeah. if you're getting good yeah, Kyle Lowry or bad it's, Kyle Lowry. And it's true. It's He's yeah. trying to get the the and one foul or get driving downhill, getting a layup. Or just shooting or in your eye. the deep dagger three. And yep. we saw none of that from Kyle Lowry early. And so, you know, you look at the end of the game, and you see that there's a lot of meaningless points and minutes in this game because, you know, end of the game, you're going to say 13 and 6 from Lowry. 5 of 11 shooting, you're going to look at that and be like, eh. Like, but a lot of that was meaningless. Meaningless, yeah. And if Kawhi isn't, you know, I mean, Kawhi was still pretty good yeah, in this game. But there's only so much he can do. But if Kawhi isn't the, like, superstar, the the crazy Kawhi numbers, the 38, 38 points per game at 60% yeah, shooting that yeah. he had early on in this, mm -hmm. then you need the other guys to step up. Yeah. And Marcus Gasol... If we're going to rag on Fred Van Fleet, Marcus Gasol deserves a lot more flack because my guy basically put up zero. Box score is going to show seven, but those were meaningless minute, Those yeah. were meaningless points at the end of the game. Marcus Gasol really struggled. And how badly do they need Marcus Gasol in this series, especially when Embiid's been so up and down? How important do you think Marcus Gasol is to what the Raptors need, especially in a big boy game like this? Yeah, well, we've been talking about it all series. Defensively, Gasol is playing superb on Embiid, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Clearing him out, blocking him. He made him do a, in the first quarter, got him to do a travel. Um, it's the offensive side. Like he, he, he seemed to 
breakout last game. Yeah. Right? But then again, it was just, he went back to his former self. Yeah. Former self of this series. Yeah. Not doing anything. And when you have a game five of four starters on the Raptors in double figures, mm -hmm. and then you have, which was a big key, and then you have, yeah, Kyle got his 13, but we're going to discredit that. Yeah. But then you have Danny and, and Gasol not really playing a factor. There's only so much Kawhi and, and, and Siakam can do. For sure. On the totally. other end, five starters and double figures for the Philadelphia 76ers. So a couple games ago, I said on one of these shows, I want to see what happens when Kawhi just scores 27. And we kind of saw that tonight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He had 29 points on 9 of 20 shooting which is all right, mm -hmm. 12 rebounds, five assists. Like, he was good. Like, that's a solid night's performance. Yeah. That's above his regular season scoring average. Yeah. Still fairly efficient. But you don't get anything else, that's a huge L. And the Raptors were getting run out of the gym in this game, and another reason for them getting run out of the gym was Ben Simmons was running and gunning. <sighs> this was the first time we saw Ben Simmons yeah. cooking, and there's one thing I want to point out. In the very first quarter of this game ben simmons had eight points and five assists for the series coming into this game he was averaging nine points and five assists <laughs> ben simmons when he's going like that how much of a boost does that give the sixers well you said last game about the process the process the process on the other end and now i guess we could look at this game as the process is working <laughs> i mean ben simmons yeah he, he and Bede was a plus 39 Mm -hmm. Played well, but Ben Simmons was the X factor for them, yeah. even though Jimmy was the high scorer. He played his size. He's a 6'10 point guard, 230 pounds. Yeah. He played his size today. He was cutting. He was being physical with Kawhi on him. He was dishing. He was finite. He was energetic. Um, it, it's hard to stop him when he's playing like that. Now, yeah. he, he is up and down, but it, it seems that when you do get that Ben Simmons he gets everybody else going. Yeah, you're totally right. Ben Simmons in this game finished with 21 points, eight rebounds, six assists, but the 21 points comes on nine of 13, 13 shooting. shooting. It's very high efficient, and you mentioned it. Ben Simmons gets everyone else involved, yeah. and it was interesting because the biggest adjustment or decision I feel uh, ahead of Nick Nurse going into game seven Absolutely. is, what do you do with Kawhi Leonard? Because... Jimmy Butler's been cooking for multiple games yeah. in a row. We saw them try to make the adjustment where they slid Kawhi over to Jimmy, but then Ben Simmons gets going. Yeah. And you talked about it. If Ben Simmons is going, now he gets everyone else going. He's running and gunning, and they're playing at a faster pace. Then they're getting all hype. Yeah. More guys are getting involved. J.J. Reddick's getting shots. Yeah. Tobias Harris getting open looks. And the Sixers just move a lot better when Ben Simmons is that active. So what do you do? Do you put Kawhi on Ben Simmons or do you put Kawhi on Jimmy? Um, so I'll let you go first. When in, in, we talked game three with Webby on, um, you yeah. asked me what my key was. Yeah, yeah. And I said, yep. let's try to see what Kawhi can do on Jimmy. So Jimmy Butler, guys, got 10 points in game one. Mm -hmm. Games two, four. Five, and tonight six. Jimmy Butler is the leading scorer for the 76ers. Mm -hmm. hey, Jimmy Jimmy Butler is a max player. He's a superstar, right? We know that the Philadelphia 76ers have four, five All Star starters. I mean, if not five, not Jimmy, but right you know it, what but I'm I, saying. Yeah, four All Star, right? Jimmy Butler has been their guy since Embiid's been sick. Yeah, you get 
this is how you, you counter it, okay, if I'm there. So you put Kawhi on Jimmy because of the just the physical strength. Jimmy's a beast, right? Mm -hmm. Kawhi's stronger. Kawhi yeah. can match that. You you might get torched if you have Danny on Ben, but the and he might get his points to get it tonight, but the way you match that is that man right there, number seven. Mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry okay. has to be the same energetic point guard that Ben is going to be putting, getting okay. all the Philadelphia 76ers going. Mm -hmm. if, if, if Kawhi can hold Jimmy to a subpar night, mm -hmm. you give Ben his points, which he's not a great shooter, not better than Jimmy. But on the other end, you match it with your point guard. I think for game seven, that could be a recipe for a win. So you want Kyle Lowry to get some minutes on Simmons? No, I, I'm oh, not talking okay. defensively. Sorry. So I'm sorry, talking, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you're saying game. match the energy. Match the energy. I see what you're saying. So if yeah, you're yeah, just gonna, you. so you. you're just gonna like say, that. let's stop Jimmy like with that. Kawhi, our best defensive player, the best defensive guard in, in the league. We're gonna let Ben Cook, who's not a great shooter, but he's gonna get to the basket. In turn, if we can have Kyle at home give the same energy to match his points mm -hmm. and whatnot. That's where maybe you could get away with it. I like that. I like that. And, and you're right. Kyle Lowry definitely has to be more aggressive, if not setting up himself, setting up other guys, but just being aggressive and being downhill, yeah. which I think is exactly which ben what was tonight. Exactly. And for people who might not understand what I'm saying, when we mean downhill, it's kind of moving north south, right? Yeah. Like he's going right into the basket. He's going straight beeline towards the basket. Like he does. And, and usually if, he's on ends up on the floor. <laughs> and when he's doing that, or, but I'm talking about Ben Simmons in this instance. Oh, Kyle Lowry for sure. Yes. Up on the floor, yeah. Totally <laughs> all, true. All the time. You're totally not correct. not an and one he has that he's not on the floor. Totally correct. And if you're the Raptors, Ben Simmons is successful when he's going downhill into the basket. Kawhi Leonard's done such a good job because he's meeting him at half court and he's guarding him, he's but making him go east-west as opposed to just going Straight downhill. Up, yeah. And when the Raptors made the switch... And whoever else was ending up on Ben Simmons, whether it was Danny. Siakam or Danny Green, Ben Simmons was able to beat them, and he's going downhill again and getting his speed up and being able to go. That can't happen if you're the Raptors. So the decision has to come. Cool. Whoever Kawhi has to guard, that's it. But whoever it is on Ben Simmons, you can't allow him to go downhill. Yeah. And if we try to take out the problem, though, is if you try to keep Kawhi on Jimmy Butler the whole game, that's a lot of energy he's got to use on defense. Is he now able to get you the 40 that it appears the Raptors need him that's to get a, night in, night big, out? Yeah, that's a very I don't know. Good point. That's a dilemma, oh, but that's, that's why Nick Nurse makes the big bucks, right? I don't yeah. know. Because on the flip side, remember, to start this series, Jimmy Butler was guarding Kawhi. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter. Kawhi was giving oh, everyone the business. He went off game one. Yeah. They switched. They put Ben Simmons on Kawhi. And is it any is it a any surprise? Difference? No, but I'm saying like, is it a surprise that once Jimmy Butler came off of Kawhi, he started scoring all these points too? Exerted himself. He had more energy. That's a good point. It's a chess move. So I mean, yeah, it, right. It, it I don't could know. go back and forth. Yeah. I mean, so but you you make a good point, and and this sums up this series, guys. Exactly mm -hmm. what your point is. So if Kawhi guards Jimmy, he may not score as many points because Jimmy is a hard player to defend. Yeah, and if Jimmy guards Kawhi, he might not score as much points. The difference lies in the other four players. Mm -hmm. The Raptors, you don't know what you're getting game in <laughs> exactly. or game out if you're going to score, get any scoring from your other players. Where the 76ers, you got a lot more options, it seems, yeah. in the starting and 
coming off bench. the bench. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the key to this series, right? Yep. Because that's the whole key to the series. If you're able to get 11 points from Scott off the bench, you've seen, you know, Tobias Ennis get in double digits. 14 to 16 every game. But if you're getting the the possibility of getting double digits from, from your either bench. Ennis or Scott, yeah, yeah. we've even seen Monroe. Didn't he get a, have one game where he had yeah. like 10 or yep. something? But you don't even have the, like you had Surge for a couple games, yeah. but for the most part, you don't really have Norm or Fred sniffing At around all. that. At all. And that's a major problem because that means you need to get that 35 plus from Kawhi yep. to win. And that's not fair. No. Right? Like as great as the numbers were early on, Kawhi Leonard, again, he was averaging 38 points per game going into game four. Was it game four? Going into game five, sorry. He's averaging 38 points per game on 62% shooting. That's completely insane and completely unfair. Yeah. It was great that he was doing it. It's hard to keep that up. Of course. And especially when I feel like what we saw from Kawhi the last two games was less of him going ham at the start of the game, and he's kind of trying to feel it out and go into his bag when he needed it yeah. to like kind of stifle a run by the Sixers or you know what I mean? And, yeah, and no, yeah. he did that a lot in the second quarter. You saw that. They made the push after the Raps got down early. I mean, there's a point where the Raps were down 19, like really early in this game. They came back, cut the lead to, I want to say like 11 or 12 at one point. And then it's just, again, you exert so much energy to get back in the game. Yeah. You can't get over the hump. I mean, they, they, they it was somewhat of a couple a game of runs, especially in the first quarter and that, mm -hmm. but... The Raptors really never seemed in it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't at all. And, you know, and one thing it's a closeout game. I know they're the hardest, but like again, when you first opened up the show, you said the performance. Yeah. That's what drives us crazy. Yeah. Is that they didn't give it their all. It's like if you lose a close game in game seven, that's fine. Cool. People like would Philly accept that. Philly shouldn't have been mad in game four. Because Philly, it was a mm -hmm. close game. Kawhi hit that insane shot. Yeah. But the performance was there. Yeah. You know totally. what I mean? The performance was not here at all. No. Raptors did not match the intensity of Philly at all. I mean, again, they had their chances once they made runs in the second quarter. And I just keep pointing to this. And this wasn't the game because the Raptors got blown out. But I just don't understand why the Raptors went away from, A, matching Gasol's minutes with Embiid's. They stopped doing that in I've, this game for some reason. Yeah, I have a point and then playing after. Fred Van Fleet and Norm together. I don't understand why you went away from that when clearly the first the first three games, it didn't work. And now as you're saying, Nick Nurse, oh, well, I went on a hunch in game five and yeah. it worked. No, it didn't. And so there was a stat I saw too. And I don't know the specific numbers, but it was games two and three. Mm -hmm. Gasol was on the court when Embiid was on the court, off the court, 90% of Gasol's minutes. Okay. Right? Games four and five mm -hmm. was 60%. Okay. So there was a little bit of a change that Nurse was doing. Yeah. Where it was when, and even tonight, when Embiid went off with about six minutes into the game, yeah. Gasol stayed on, right? Okay. So he did have that with Gasol coming on when Embiid is yeah, and playing yeah, it like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and so sometimes you're when that happens, when it's at about 50%, 60%, you're going to get Embiid on without Gasol. Totally it's true. It's a mismatch. Totally true. Uh, one big thing to to bring up as well, and Jack always brings this up during the broadcast, but how you close quarters. That's a very big deal. Yep. In this game, okay, a closeout game, how important is it that you close quarters? Well, this is a story. The first quarter, the Sixers closed on a 16-6 to run. Yep. The second quarter, 
Remember, Jimmy Raptors Steele, made a well. The dunk. Raps made a huge push. It yep. was down to like eight. eight I want to say seven, yep. nine to two run. Jimmy Butler, as Jimmy you Butler, mentioned, Steel got to bucket. Left. They brought in McCaw, blowed by McCaw, got the layup, then got the steal, got mo- another two points there. And that was deflating, too. Very Massive, deflating. right? Massive. So now the Sixers at the end of the second quarter, 9-2 run. End of the third quarter, 18-6 run. That's the difference in the ball game. The Raptors didn't close the quarters at all. Yep. They couldn't match the runs. The Sixers' runs came at the, a better time than the Raptors' runs did, and that is this game. But we said that we wanted to hear from you guys in yes. this podcast and shouts to the people. Apologies for people on Instagram. We got the feed up, but it was just a little late. Mm-hmm. But as always with this podcast, if you want to get us live on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. We take your comments and questions in both places. So let's get to some of those comments. Vent, people now. vent. Yeah. We want to hear from you. We're here for you people. We're here from you. Uh, pardon my swag on Twitter says, Raptors, apart from Kawhi and Siakam, are trash. The Bucks will roll y'all. Will roll over y'all. Guessing that's not a Raptors fan. No, but honestly, uh, we're not going to get into this because it's a jinx. Because there's Game Seven, we'll get into what we think for Game Seven. But Philly's deep. You know what I mean? I I I think the 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 Milwaukee, if that were to be the case, if we win Game Seven, could be the show of Kawhi versus Giannis, right? Yeah. As opposed to I know what, what seems to be, I know they have Lopez and all that, but what seems to be more of like eight, you're saying after Embiid or sorry, after Giannis, Giannis I mean, it falls Jimmy, off. Jimmy, no, but Jimmy, Ben Simmons, like those guys are all better than anyone then, else then on, what, on Brogdon, if they're or Bledsoe, and Bledsoe, yeah, yeah. yeah, anyways, I know what you're saying. We're way, way, way ahead of, yeah, way right too now. far ahead of that. But the point does remain outside of Siakam and Kawhi, the Raptors haven't looked good. And if you, you take this for what it is in terms of, what this series has been, mm-hmm. it's been more bad than good for the Raptors. Yeah. Like if we're being honest, right? And the reality is outside of Kawhi and Siakam, Lowry, Danny Green, and Marcus Marcus have had maybe what one and a half good, good games, games, like scoring wise. And we talked about and this Mark and, and Danny on the same game. I don't know if this is if this is correct or not, but it is pretty weird. We talked about whether or not it was almost a blessing in disguise when Siakam got injured because it forced the mentality of Marcus Gasol, Kyle Lowry, and Danny Green to shoot more. Like, you guys have to score to pick up Siakam because he's injured. And now did they kind of relax because Siakam's fine and he's super aggressive and he's going to the basket downhill all the time? And it gave... Surge a little boost. I think you got a little bit more minutes, mm-hmm. which, which yeah. Surge has been actually not he, bad. he reverted back to bad Surge yeah. this game. He wasn't too good in but, this game, but I know what you mean. Yeah, the games four and five, so we saw a good Surge. It's yep. been it's been really weird flip of the switch going back. Like you thought from what you saw in games four yeah. and five that the Raptors were on the right more, track, yeah. and then now they reverted all the way back to game three. So it leaves you kind of nervous. What's going to happen in game seven? I have no idea. Now the Extra day break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said this before we got on. It really helps the Raptors um, to just erase this from your memory, hopefully, yeah. right? So we'll see. Another comment from Twitter. It's an old slow start by Lowry. Only this time Siakam was struggling early too. Deflated. And it's it's very true. Lowry didn't get off to a good start, but neither did Siakam. Siakam's shot was struggling early. He did not shoot the ball well to start this game. And... 
the thing with Siakam, right? And my guy Jamal messaged me all the time and says this. He says he's interested to see what happens with Siakam's game once he actually learns to play basketball. Because right now he's doing it all off athleticism. Yeah, Henry right. Green, and he's yeah. running and jumping. He's out running and out jumping people. I said, and that's how he does it. His own shot, and then yeah, for sure. But what you see now is he makes a lot of bad decisions in terms of. Of course, Embiid is standing out there, and he's almost daring you. Like, you have to figure something out, and when you're cutting to the basket, it's got to be when Kawhi's getting double-teamed. You getting the ball and just driving into Embiid yeah. isn't doing anything. Taking somewhat, sometimes silly shots. Yeah. And, very, like, low-efficiency shots. And he has to hit the corner three. He has he to. He does, um, and it would be nice to, if when he drove to the basket, maybe he find the open guy in the corner. Yeah. Instead of always taking the shot. Yeah. Which he's been lucky with the floater. He's Mm -hmm. been pretty good with it, but yeah. Good point. I mean, he adjusted well, shot 50% in this game, but people have got to also remember. He could be so much better. It's just, what you just said was perfect. Yeah. Sometimes you got to drive and kick. Yeah. And there's too many times I feel like where he looks off guys and he's just focused on getting to the basket. And again, you don't want to knock Siakam too much no, because no. what he's doing he's and what phenomenal. he's done this year has been incredible. But if he can add a couple more elements to his game, get um, it comes into a point where, and again, we're not knocking Siakam. Siakam has been amazing. It comes to the point where, and he's very young, but kicking and dishing, the, the pick and pop, and, and up to the corner to Danny, which Kawhi does, which Mark does, that stuff shows leadership mm-hmm. in small increments. Like mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Um, he is scoring. He's playing fantastic. But when you're looking off players and trying to score, it's it's a me stat. Exactly. Right. Exactly. All and he doesn't have to do it out of the 15 shots. Mm-hmm. Maybe three of them just kick it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like having you shoot a tough shot as opposed to a wide, wide open, open shot guy. for someone else. Because Kawhi, how many times early were you seeing Kawhi drive, he's taking a double team, and he was dumping it off to dudes to get easier shots or layups or wide-open shots that the Raps were missing. But that's just a level of maturity, which, again, we're asking a lot from a kid who this is his his coming out party still, right? Like, this is his first year of having real big boy minutes and responsibilities. And it's tough. And you know what? That comes with – I'm not – blaming or saying it the media so the media the woe about him is his scoring Mm -hmm. you know um so he's thriving off that Mm -hmm. so he knows if he has 19 he wants to get 20 or you know if doris or 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 other people are talking about just his all-around game the way he finds open people like lebron the way you've done Mm -hmm. then he would then go into the net he would cognitively be thinking and looking at the open guy more because that's what he's been talking about, right? Also, too, it's... I def- mean, it's with growing. Yeah, for sure. And also, too, a lot of stuff I'm talking about, too, has to do with the defensive end, right? Because there appears to be lapses sometimes on defense where if you're the Raptors, you got to know that you can't cheat off of Mike Scott. Mike Scott is a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. Don't cheat off of him. Yeah. J.J. Redick, oh. I mean, J.J. Redick's going to keep shooting regardless yeah. whether he's covered or not, but... You can't have those moments where Mike Scott comes in and he's shooting wide open threes. That can't happen. And you look at the Raptors, three-point shooting tells the story of the game. They were 2 of 12 in the first half or so. I don't know what they finished with. It was atrocious. They finished (laughs) 9 for 36 from three, the Toronto Raptors in this game. That's 25%. wasn't that much better, though, in the three, were they? Uh, Philly in this game were 10 for 28, 35%. I mean, where it came from, guys, is the the, the rebounding. They got 
out-rebound and second-chance points. Yeah, right. totally. Like, I mean, you can't those second-chance. They outpace them. They out-energize them. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it just, again, it comes down to the performance for a closeout game just was not there. And to me, the way that this game went, I kind of wonder, looking ahead to Game 7, yeah. what who makes the adjustment first? Because there's a couple things here. One, the Sixers came out with a lineup that included Simmons, Tobias Harris, Boban, who was like a minus 25 in like five <laughs> minutes. Like it was terrible. What he, yeah. Or minus 15, I think it was, in five minutes. Wasn't a good look for Boban. But they had this lineup with their bench against the Raps starters. And the Raptors, that was one of the points where the Raptors made a crazy run to come back in this game. And do you still run that unit out in game seven if you're Brett Brown? And then the same question has to be asked if you're the Raptors. Do you run out your unit of Freddie, Norm, and Serge? Yeah. Because in the fourth quarter, when you needed a run, again, I didn't even tweet it this time because I got so tired of it. But in the fourth quarter, when you needed a run, again, here comes Fred Van Fleet and Norman Powell and Serge. And I'm just like, what am I? Yeah. At some point, you're, I get you're, I guess you're, you're willing to go down with Fred Van Fleet instead yeah. of giving McCaw minutes and saying, hey, at least McCaw's going to run around and maybe get you an offensive rebound or maybe get you a steal or do something, right? I mean, like, Nurse it's so weird a, to me. He made a – I mentioned it to you. He made one good adjustment at, at the last play, I think, of the half. He made a defensive yeah, sub he and took he out put Kyle. in McCaw. Yeah, he took and, out Kyle. And then Jimmy just burned by him. But. Yeah. But at least he's giving you – he's going to give you some type of energy. Yeah, he's a, and, he's a stretch. You know, he, he gets his hands in there. He, he he gives you energy defensively, which Van Fleet isn't at all. No. I mean, if J.J. Redick was getting buckets, which he was getting buckets yeah. for a spurt there over Fred Van Fleet. He looks and I'm thinking, tonight. I'm thinking if Fred Van Fleet can't guard J.J. Redick, he can't play in this series. He yeah. can't. Nope. Like, if, if you can't even guard J.J. Redick, there's no minutes for you in this series at all. Because, again, you're giving nothing on the offensive end. And then on defense, we can't even run around and follow J.J. Redick through screens. Yeah, And you know what I keep thinking, too? Oh, man. And we haven't – he's been okay. I, I might be overstating this, but um, we haven't really seen the breakout. I keep thinking every game, the breakout of Tobias Harris. No. Yeah. We haven't seen none of it. Yeah, he's, he's it, 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 it. It's been Jimmy, you know, and then Ben tonight and being in game three. But I mean, so when we go back to the trade deadline and the 76 is already at Jimmy, but they get Tobias. I thought, wow. Right. Yeah. I mean, because that was the Clippers go to guy. Yeah. But it seems that he can't. I don't know if he needs the ball at all times or yeah. what. Like, I don't what you think about or like he just he's not really done anything. It's tough, right? It, it ends up being a tough situation, especially if you're used to getting, getting whatever ball. shots you yeah. want. You know, you're yeah. on the team and you know you're getting your 20 shots a night or 15 plus a night and you know where your shots are coming from consistently. It's such a weird game in the game of basketball like that, There might right? be more plays drawn up yeah. for you even. And then now you're on a team where, okay, well, Embiid's going to get the ball before you. Jimmy's going to get the ball for you. Ben's going to get the ball before you. Now you're the fourth option. Yeah. Maybe even somewhere around JJ because he's yeah. running around screens and everything. Yep. It's a tough place to then fit in. And now what Brett Brown tries to do is he plays – tries to have that stretch where it's him and on Ben. The bench. Yeah. No, but, but he has him and Ben with the three bench guys. Bench and, guys, yeah. And then says, okay, now, now go. you go. And yeah. it's like, uh, And that's uh, where he gets uh, majority uh, of his 14, 15 points. He's been kind of averaging, right? Yeah. But 
hasn't really been working out yet, nope. but you're right. It's a, it's an interesting adjustment to see how that matchup works. If the Raptors continue to play Surge at the four, mm-hmm. can Surge stay with Tobias Harris? Yeah. Who's going to win that battle in those minutes? And tonight, I mean, nobody won any battle for any minutes, unless maybe you're Kawhi Leonard and Pascal, maybe, yeah. for the Raps, but it just wasn't a good look. And Diaz on Instagram might have more Diaz. of the... The feeling that sums up most of Raptors Nation at this moment, because I try to play the role of calming people down yeah. and taking it back <laughs> to the middle and not being the overreaction one way or the one other. Or the other yeah. But I feel like this might be what the fan base is feeling. And Diaz says, even if we beat the Sixers, let's be real. We're not championship worthy and have no business in the NBA finals. It wasn't even close today. The reason why I say I feel like the fan base feels like that because it's always it's such swinging such extremes. A swing, yeah. <laughs> I was like... just going to say that. It's, I mean, listen, Tuesday night, we all were doing the airplane. Yep. We thought, oh my God, don't kid yourself. Do not kid yourself when you seen Kevin Durant go down with that injury. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. thought, oh my God. Yep. If we make it to the finals and Golden State happens to get by, there's a shot. You know what I mean? And then now, Shows a game like this. I mean, we felt the same after game three, guys. We yeah. did, right? Yeah. They played a close game in game four, and Kawhi came out. The thing is, we have, sorry, Webby, we have the best player in the series, and in the game of basketball, in a one-off, that alone can win you it. Well, here's the thing as well. You had the best player in the series, and now you're going home. And I've said that home court advantage doesn't matter. It I know that's a right thing I now. said throughout the whole season. <laughs> Berg load management. <laughs> yeah, load management, whatever. Home court advantage doesn't matter. I know that's something I said the whole year. But when you mess around and now it's game seven, yes, you're definitely happy that you have home court for this game seven against the Sixers in a sense where, I mean, the Sixers won in Toronto but only because Toronto shot, shot so very bad. Yeah, and they it was shot a narrow victory too. Totally. Danny Green missed that open three, could have tied it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're lucky, and you're going back home. But it's still not a position that you want to be in. Uh, SK one P two six. I think I got that right. Says on Instagram, no quit in this team. Tough matchup, but the Raps will pull it out. We need to crash the boards and take advantage of them in transition. Oh, that's a perfect segue. PKS two seven eight R two D two. So um, and don't at me on this one, man, guys. I'm a f- lovable, faithful. I love Canada. I love Toronto. Mm-hmm. But after today's game, and and and, and what we saw from today's game was <laughs> Chris Broussard, right with the Canada. The Raptors are soft because they damn well looked soft tonight. You know and. He made a good point is we need to crash the boards. We need to be more physical. We need yeah. surge feisty. We need Kyle feisty, yeah. right? Yeah. We can't play soft like this. Yeah. And I'm just saying the Raptors, Chris Broussard was right in this game, just this game six. The yeah. Raptors played soft. Yeah. It was a thing where we talk about it. Your role players tend to play better at home. Yeah. There's more energy. The crowd's behind them. They're a little more juiced up. You saw that from the Sixers. Didn't see that from the Raptors. You hope that story changes Sunday night. Alex on Instagram says, despite the loss, I think this is a good growth experience for Siakam. He missed a lot of, sh- a lot of his shots, but this will push him 
to put in the work in the offseason to develop his shot and IQ. Offseason? We got a game seven. <laughs> what about game seven? Do it game seven. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. I, I keep going back to the game where Siakam is hurt. And clearly, you know, we're all applauding Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol and Serge for picking up Siakam and playing well in that game. And I wonder again, if it's just the mindset, they still need to be in that aggressive mindset to shoot and not turn down shots because especially early on, the other part too is when Kyle Lowry and Marc Gasol and even Serge, when those guys are scoring, it's based off of other people helping them out. Same with Danny Green. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they're not getting the ball and just getting a bucket. No. Someone's feeding them. Most likely it's going to come off of an assist or ball movement. Yep. And when you have that going, that means it's easier for the rest of them yep. to get going as well because they're involved in the play. And Kawhi doesn't get doubled as much. When it's Kawhi and Siakam going, those guys are going all off ISO. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kawhi so the other dudes, ISO today, yeah. for sure. And then when you have Siakam doing that as well, now the other guys aren't as involved. And that's where the Raptors offense really stalled in this game. And when the Sixers are hitting runs and you have two guys just going ISO, 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 mm -hmm. it is a lot more difficult for the other three guys to get involved because there is no ball movement. And I'm not blaming Kawhi. I'm not blaming Siakam. I'm just talking about what I'm seeing on the floor and why the offense stalls at certain points. And those guys aren't shooting. They're not involved so they need in the to offense. Get better ball movement. Much better ball movement. And also, I would say, too, I know Gasol usually plays behind the arc, but Embiid was just in the paint and made a couple big blocks. And Yeah. Oh, I mean, not every play. I like him bringing him out, but sometimes I didn't. I don't know if I seen Gasol that much go into the paint at all and clear him out. And he did Gasol's a great clear out guy. And, and, and make, you know, Siakam or Kawhi or even Kyle, for that instance, a couple, a good lane to drive in, right? Yeah. Get the and one. I mean, there's going to be big adjustments Nurse is going to do. I, I, I don't think this is going to be the same Raptors team, the, how they played soft and mm -hmm. unenergetic. I think we'll see a different one game seven. However, I have a feeling we'll see the uh, same energy back and forth. I think this might have been Ben's breakout game. Yeah. And it's going to be a close one. The thing is you run the risk and you look at this game and you think about the Raptors three point shooting in this series has been around the 32% mark, like not good at all. Yeah. Three point shooting wise from the Raptors in this series. And you could have one of those games in game seven. That's why you didn't want to test the fate of what's going to happen in game seven. Yeah. Because if you continue to have one of these no show games from three, where you're just missing shots, you're giving the Sixers the opportunity to take advantage of that because their game, Jimmy Butler, uh, Ben Simmons, Embiid, their game is more downhill going to the basket, higher percentage shots. Yep. So if the Raptors don't have that going and they're just relying on the threes and missing, could be jammed done regardless of where you're playing. Yep. I'm I'm I I'll be honest, I'm just disappointed in the effort put out by the Toronto Raptors in a closeout game. Yep. No said. energy, no not enough. Uh, I'm not going to go this far, though. Here's a comment from Instagram. This is over. I just don't believe in the others at this point. I'm only happy getting past Philly. My expectations are not going past this team. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm not worried about what's yeah. going to happen afterwards I mean, or what's I'm next I'm surprised round. nobody said the little symmetry of... Uh, so the Game 7's on Sunday mm -hmm. against the Philadelphia 76ers uh -huh. to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. 
Rewind to 2001. Yep. Sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Is Vince it anyone's Carter's... graduation on Sunday? <laughs> Powell, grad? anybody, like someone's kid's graduation? Because I don't want any uh, distractions. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a tough one. And the Raptors, at least they get a couple of days to have a reality check to, you know, really dig deep because – you have to help Kawhi Leonard out if you're the yeah. Toronto Raptors. And you got to look at it and think Danny Green, Marcus All, Kyle Lowry, you guys helped Kawhi maybe for one and a half games out of six so far in this yeah. series. And that is unacceptable because at the end of the day, and the bench, I mean, the bench is giving you nothing. No, I, so we've lost faith in the bench. We're not even going to rate no. them at all. Except and Serge. Serge is the only. I'll put him in that bubble too, yeah. where he gave one and a half games yeah. from the others. Out of six. That is unacceptable. And I know this is way too deep, and I've been saying not to focus on what happens with Kawhi Leonard after this season, but you can't be expecting to be selling Kawhi Leonard with this performance of the others no, right now. It's, true. it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Because no. if he has to go to get 40 just to have a chance, yeah. whew, it's not good. Nope. Uh, you wanted to discuss what you think Game seven, what is the biggest thing yeah. the Raptors need to win game seven on Sunday? I really, truly believe that besides all the switches and matches and adjustments that Coach Brown and Coach Nurse have to do, mm -hmm. I believe it's critical, crucial, crucial for the Raptors to come out in the first 12 minutes and dictate the game. Yeah. It's Get funny. the crowd hype. It's great that you bring that up because there's a stat to back that up. The team that has won the first quarter in this series has won every game. The team that has won the first quarter of every game in this series has won every Listen, game. I, we, we got 30-plus years on this earth in Toronto, okay? Loving sports. We all know there's how a, Toronto fans, <laughs> passionate fans are. There's We're a, nervous, and we have every right to be. <laughs> Besides 92 and 93. Yeah. You know what I mean? Heartbreaking losses. We, 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 we get nervous. Oh, my God. All you think is ahead is what are we talking about on Monday morning? No, 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 no. What do we need? To, yeah. Right? So yeah. game five was exactly what we need. Just fun, hype, um, get that lead, start off great. Because the last thing you want is heading into the fourth down six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be quiet in there. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, for me, the biggest key, I'm going to say two things. Heading into a game seven, one, Kyle Lowry. Yep. Kyle Lowry was the key cog in this era of the Toronto Raptors. I know that people say that DeMar DeRozan was the face of the franchise, mm -hmm. which is cool, but I feel like this run started because Kyle Lowry led them into this era of Raptors basketball yep. in terms of being back into the playoffs. And if you're Kyle Lowry... These are the stakes because if the Raptors lose this game on Sunday, the whole thing could be done. If Kawhi's gone, Kyle Serge said traded. this. Serge said this earlier yeah, this he season. He said in the season, right? Yeah, if yep. Kawhi's gone, everyone's out. Everyone's out. Gasol might not re-sign. The whole thing's done. Kyle's probably getting traded. And I'm looking at Kyle Lowry and saying, "Hey, he's a like he will be the person that we remember the most in terms of this era of Raptors basketball." And it's the microcosm of the entire situation because I feel like he sets the tone for this team early. We know we're going to get 30 from, from Kawhi. Kawhi. 
We know that You're already. Get 18 from Pascal. Cool. Kyle Lowry needs to come out and set the tone early. And it's what we talk about all the time. The signs of good Kyle. Does he come out going downhill towards the basket or hit that pull-up three in transition? If we see him do those things early, we know it's good Kyle Lowry. And that's a good Kyle Lowry game. And the Raptors need that. And, hey, that's a lot of pressure because there's a lot going into the last six years or however long this but run's he been. he doesn't have pressure on him is what is the crazy thing. But he does, though. He, he does, does in, a, in, in a way of what you're saying, but mm-hmm. he's not the first or even second scorer in, in, in a funny way. I know what right? you I know what you Like, mean. I'm really... I'm blown away how... There's not too many athletes that I could think off of the top of my mind. Um, Connor McDavid, maybe and I'm not putting the two together, where when they come home to play, they excel. Okay. And I thought this series, when we're on the road, the key to being on the road would be the love of the city that Kyle has, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. He will exceed. Yeah. He will play his ass off. He will be jumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diving for balls, getting charges, and we've seen none of it. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a great point. And I feel like, again, it comes back to the fact that people need to understand and know their roles, right? Mm-hmm. And Kyle Lowry, I think, Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol, for sure, they've been dudes who could get 25, yep. right? And the adjustment of seeing Siakam be that aggressive and Siakam go, it's them now trying to like feel out the game. And it's like, no, no, no. We still need you guys yeah. to cook. We need you guys to get five players on the court. Yeah. Right. And again, the Raptors are better served when if Kawhi is the only ISO guy and everyone else is doing stuff within the offense, because when Siakam's going ISO, it's falling right into the plan of the Sixers. Right. Mm -hmm. They want you to drive in and try to finish over over Embiid. That's tough. That's a difficult shot. But when the Raptors trust the offense and Siakam's getting his points, either cutting to the basket getting a look, getting a dime from Kyle or Gasol, or hitting that wide-open three, that's better-served offense for the Raptors because yeah. everyone else is involved. Let Kawhi do what he does. Yeah. But that's what I feel like why Kyle Lowry started so important as well because it's not just himself he's getting involved. When he's hitting that open three, that's opening stuff up for other people. Yeah. They got to think now, oh, do I double off Kyle do to I go? Run to him? Yeah. Right? Do I double off Kyle to go at uh, Kawhi or... You know, do I have to play up on him and and look for cutters now because mm-hmm. he's you know it just changes the whole element of the Raptors' offense. So first things first, Kyle Lowry, you're my first thing that I think you are the key for Game Seven because yep. you represent what this run and era of Toronto Raptors basketball is. Second thing, we've been thinking about this moment for the whole year ever since the trade was made. But the reality of a Game 7 in the playoffs means Sunday could be the Last final game, game of Kawhi Leonard in a Toronto Raptors uniform. And, hey, Game 7s are where legacies are made. Think about how long. We're still now talking about Vince Carter. Carter's Game 7 18 years later, yeah. right? We're still talking about Vince Carter's performance in Game 7, him missing that shot. Like, that will go down forever. Yep. Sunday is the opportunity for Kawhi Leonard's Raptors era to go one way 
or the other. Yeah. It's either going to be a great moment where everyone's celebrating, and no matter what happens in the conference finals, yeah. you'll still have that game that seven game moment seven. of, hey, Kawhi played great. He got us to the conference finals. He played great in the Sixers series. He dragged us through the Sixers, and we got back to the conference finals, which is the furthest point that this franchise has ever been to. But if it doesn't go that way, there will be some people, and I'll think they're wrong, but there will be some people that will question what Masai Ujiri did. Because they'll say, well, you only got to the same spot that the old Raptors got yeah, to yeah. last year, which is the second round. And I think those people are wrong. And I don't even really want to get too far into yeah. that conversation right now. But I'm just saying, these are the stakes of Sunday's Game 7. First things first, Kyle Lowry. Second, Kawhi. Kawhi. That's big. I'm I'm excited. Like it's a nervous excitement, I'm nervous. but that's gonna be a crazy, crazy game, I, and the crowd better be rocking. They better be, and I, I'm I'm sticking to my guns. Um, and it's so cliche, but you gotta dominate that first quarter. Yeah, you, you can't be down eight. You can't be down four at the half. Yeah, you can't be tied going into the fourth. Mm -hmm. You can't be down two with two minutes left. Yeah, no more fouls to give. You know what I mean? Like. I know the crowd is going to be their stomach turning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So be there early. Be there at the start yeah. of the third quarter as well, people. Be in your damn seat to yeah. start the third Let's, quarter. Uh, it's game seven. <laughs> and, and and if you, people that are listening that are going, and if you don't think that makes a difference, believe me, mm -hmm. the crowd makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. All those runs matter, right? Every yep. time the Raptors cut it to 8, it went back to 19. The Raptors would cut it to 12, it went back to 17. The crowd was there for yep. Philly. The crowd was there when when the Philly needed it, and the Raps got to do the same. And we talk about this podcast in Game 7 in terms of from the Raptors' standpoint. The Philly version of Wrap It Up, mm -hmm. Sixers It Up, or whatever it would be <laughs> called. Six It Up. Philly It Up. <laughs> Six It Up actually could be a Toronto show too. But True. Um they're having the same conversations because if they lose, Jimmy Butler could be gone. There's going to be a lot of finger pointing at Joel Embiid for his no-shows oh, sure. in this series. Ben Simmons has had one good game. So the stakes are high for Brett Bound could be out of a job. Yeah. Like the stakes are high for both teams. So that you're talking about nervous tension. It's going to be on both sides. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Philly went all in getting Butler and Tobias. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, the start is going to be key. The start is going to be key. But. We'll be back here on Sunday to discuss this. Yes, Whatever happens in Game 7, hopefully we'll be talking about a Raptors win, and hopefully we'll be talking about the, another Danny Green game, a Kyle Lowry game, the Kyle Lowry game, Mark Gasol hopefully outscoring Embiid. Embiid. We'll take any of that. Any Raptor positives? Cool. Hey, maybe a Fred Van Fleet wants to show up. Yeah. Who knows? Score five points again. Yeah. I mean, Nick Nurse thinks five points means Fred's back. I don't know. I I'm still baffled by that. But anyways, positive energy. We're try we'll we are. try to put forth positive energy from now till game yes, seven, right? Definitely. Uh Mikey, where can the people send you the positive vibes of a Raptors hopeful game seven? Positive right? vibes. <laughs> Hit me up. YouTube, like I always say, the community. Big shout out to you guys. JB, Jeff Berg, all the guys there. Yeah. You can always comment, um, react and we read, read them. Yeah. them all. Yeah. We love it. The Instagram people, you can hit me up. Mike Bello underscore six 
add me up, guys. I need more followers. Add me up. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, thanks, you guys, for tuning in. You can follow me where you follow and watch this podcast live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Thank you guys for rocking with us live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Really appreciate it. And, of course, if you can't get to the podcast live, becomes available for you you're listening for your ears and eyes on youtube but also on soundcloud google play apple all that fun stuff just search on blast podcast to find that feed because hey we're here for you guys some consoling you want to vent and listen to what we think that's the place you do it right and we'll be here again on sunday so thank you guys for tuning in because we really appreciate it I'm going to stress this for Game 7, and I know that I'm going to be super stressed. I know you're going to be super stressed. The whole fan base is going to be super stressed. And I'm going to say this and I'm because I'm going to try to convince myself. I'm going to try to enjoy Game 7. Yeah. Because here's the thing. As fans, this is what last. we want. This is what we wanted, right? No, we wanted Kawhi. No, but I'm saying we wanted Kawhi. We wanted a team to make runs in championships. Do, yeah. It's never easy. Yeah. We got an NBA Finals MVP on our side, on our home court. Sunday night at 7. Yeah. We got this. And the reality is, you got to remember, I know we would have loved for this game to be a yes. blowout. Raptors win easy. Oh. But go back through history. LeBron winning was never easy, right? The Spurs winning was never easy. Lakers Golden State. Boston Golden State had to get Kevin Durant to make the their win championships easy. The they had to have four all-stars to make it easy. The journey is always, always obstacles. So this is what we wanted. We wanted the smoke of a big-time, real team having a run. We got it. Game 7, positive vibes. Hopefully it's a Raptors win. Raptors win in Game 7. I really did used to pray for times like this to, to rhyme, rhyme like, like this. this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Please, Raptors, Game 7. Peace, guys. Boom, blast.